Money FM 89.3, best of your money. Read with Michelle Martin on Your Money, only on Money FM 89.3. Is heaven or hell what you make of any instant? Good confinement reading today. I am looking at a book that explores states of mind, the afterlife, living well, choice and transitions. It's a book that feels like a waking dream. In the first lines, we're thrown by a blinding white light into a world that's utterly destroyed. We meet a homeless mother with the heart of a philosopher, then a pianist, and then more characters as we explore many different takes to the other side of life. He's a two-time Singapore Literature Prize winner, Cyril Wong, joining me. He's the author of This Side of Heaven. That's his latest novel. Good morning, Cyril. How are you? Are you taking us to heaven with this book? Heaven and hell and both at the same time. Good morning, (laughs) Michelle. (laughs) Listen, perfect timing for a book that starts with utter destruction of the normal. I have to ask you, (laughs) when did this idea come to you? Well, definitely not during COVID. Uh, This book came to me about two years before. Uh, I didn't anticipate that when it came out, it would come out during this year. But it came out two years ago, you know, during a, a kind of a meditation trance and everything. And I decided to write a book about the afterlife because it was something that has always obsessed me. Yeah. So this, I, I was fascinated when I heard that this idea grew out of a chorus of voices that come to you while you are meditating. And when you see this chorus in your daydream or nightdream, as you say, are they speaking to you? Can you make out what they're saying? Or is that the imaginative side of things? It's a bit of both. It, is, uh, it, it feels very real, even though it can just reside in the realm of imagination. It's like all many different voices. It's like being in a very, very bizarre kindergarten where every child is talking to you at the same time. Mm. So the writing process of it was very stressful because I wanted to uh, do justice to every single voice that basically appeared in my head and demanded my attention. Did you know these voices? Did you know which plane they were in? Did they make it clear? Not always. And I think that's the fun part of it. I, I, I wasn't very clear where the voices came from. It, it could actually come from like, you know, uh, people that I've met in real life and they are just metaphors of representations of mm. people that I've known. Or there are people from the afterlife. Who knows? Anything is possible in this kind of uh, mystical experience of writing. Are you still meditating? Oh, yes, all the time. Is it a big part of your writing? Is writing contemplative for you? I expand the idea of meditation to not just, you know, sitting there for 10 minutes and staring at a wall. You know, it's it's also about (laughs) listening to music. It's about having a good conversation with a friend. It's about writing a very good poem. It's about being in the present moment as much as you can. And, And it's only in being in the present moment that, you know, all these, you know, very interesting ideas and sometimes uh, bizarre voices will come and speak to you. I love the book because it, it, it feels so real and it sounds strange to say about a book that's talking about the other side or the afterlife, that it feels real. But the characters seem to be making sense of where they are at that particular moment of life or afterlife for them. Was that intentional? Yes, I mean, I wanted the, the voices to be like our own voices in this life because like uh, these uh, people in the afterlife, we ourselves in this reality, especially this year during COVID, right? Mm. Uh, we are making sense of what is happening around us all the time. That is the uh, precondition of what being alive is. We are always constantly making sense of life. Mm. So it would only make sense that if we enter the afterlife, we would also try to make sense of what it means why we are here, and what is our purpose. 
But they're making sense with an altered state of memory or a shattered voice, for example. They're making sense with their senses of, with their sense of self somewhat changed. Yes, I think the way uh, the way I look at it, uh, what I personally understand about reality is that when we are born, we we, we come from a previous life which has been erased uh, from our present life. So, if we, uh, so what we have to do is to somehow rediscover ourselves anew every time we are reborn. I'm a person who is a fan of reincarnation, or at least the idea of reincarnation. And this book is basically an extension of that idea. Interesting. Renewal, yeah. I think it's interesting as well, even if you don't believe in reincarnation, because you look at the idea of memory and how your memories make you who you are. And then you wonder, you know, you play with that idea of what happens then if your memory is altered and you're still trying to make sense of who you are. You know, I like that idea. Do you tackle justice uh, for how people lived or the idea of a reckoning accompanying the other side? I think the reckoning comes on a very, very personal, in a very, in a very personal way. Right. I don't really see justice as coming so much from an uh, exterior source. I think justice comes from uh, the things that you do. I mean, the things that you do will have consequences that will come and bite you. Uh, karma is a real thing. There's cause and effect. So I think, especially in the afterlife, I really believe that when, you know, when you transcend death, when you enter the afterlife, what comes to haunt you will be all the things that you have done right, will be all the things that you have done wrong, and then the reckoning will be in the plane of your own uh, imagination. It's really easy to get lost in this book because each chapter is quite short. I wonder why did you choose a novel to expand this idea of people in the afterlife and not a series of poems? Actually, that's a great question. I, I uh initially started with the idea of writing a, a series of poems, but the poems just got too long. <laughs> it just got very tedious. And then uh, the people just kept talking. I mean, that's a, the problem with like, like being a secretary to these voices. <laughs> just wouldn't stop chattering. I had to summarize the main points and to make sure they sounded coherent and yet sounded believable, emotional, passionate. And just memorable because some of these voices were actually quite, uh, you know, quite disturbing. So a poem just couldn't cut it for, especially for what I was trying to do in this book. He's a prize-winning poet and he's a novelist as well. We're talking to Cyril Wong, author of This Side of Heaven, my book pick for you this morning. Cyril, we are all going through a transition. We're waking up to a new world. Oh, it's yeah. strange. <laughs> for sure. It's surreal. <laughs> How do you deal with yeah. this theme of transition, you know, when you were writing this book? What, what was going through your mind? Uh, I I think I deal with it all the time, you know, whether I'm writing or not writing. So it's not surprising that even in my writing, I deal with the idea of impermanence. Uh, as a Buddhist and as a Hindu, you know, I really do subscribe to the idea that everything is impermanent. It's not a simple idea. It's about uh, it's it's a it's an idea that teaches us to let go of who we are, which is always changing. To let go of our circumstances, which are always changing. And to always be alert to what is happening in the present moment, which is always new. And sometimes, most times, in fact, what is new, it tends to be frightening. And, mm. But it can also be invigorating and it can add meaning to who you are and to your mind, to the richness of your mind. So this book was just released last month. Do you have a sense of how it's been received by your audiences? I know that your writing has well, been published and translated uh, to German and Italian and French and um, Japanese. The book is... Uh, just just came out. So, I mean, thanks to this uh, whole uh, semi-lockdown situation, 
I'm not exactly sure because it's like you know I'm I'm stuck at home. I'm not really talking to anyone. Mm. Uh, I, I'm only receiving some emails and uh, conversations with uh, readers online, mm. but it's not a very clear sense. And so far, people are very surprised by the books, and that's what I actually wanted when I wanted and I wrote the book in the first place. I want people to be surprised. I want to I want people to see uh, see my writing style and to see life in general in a new way. Yeah. Yeah. Your books have been described as you know taking us all on a magic carpet ride. Um, you know, you've you've looked at folk and myth and other cultures and sort of reinterpreted it your style in previous writings. Uh, what was surprising for for your readers about about this book? Uh, surprising for my readers. Uh, you mentioned well, that some were surprised. What were they surprised about? Oh, the, well, the main thing was that uh, the, the the readers were surprised by how uh, they could find themselves in the voices, even though the voices could be sometimes very disturbed, right. uh, could be sometimes mentally unbalanced. Mm. And yet somehow the surprising bit is that the voices are kind of like familiar metaphors or aspects of ourselves. Right. And so when, when readers uh, read the, the voices, they go like, wait, this person sounds a little bit like me. Wow. And that for me, you know, you know that, that for me is the greatest triumph when, you know, where ordinary people that you know, might not have been through some of the, the very bizarre experiences that these characters go through, true when you see themselves in these characters that for me is uh, a personal triumph as a writer that i can connect with my reader and point to something far more deeply universal it's beautiful at the same time i hope you haven't been listening to the voice in my head because that might not i don't know if you'd recover (laughs) what what are you reading at a time like this Uh, just a lot of poetry. I mean, it's a kind of detox, you know, after all, all the, the novel writing and stuff like that. So I'm reading a lot of, uh, I'm reading a lot of love poetry, which is what I'm, I'm usually known for anyway. Oh. I'm, reading, I'm reading a lot of love poetry to you know, restore myself, uh, to return myself to the moment and to remember that, well, love is what will get us through this, you know, love of our loved ones, because they're the ones we are stuck with at home right now, isn't it? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. It's getting to be a challenge sometimes to stay in that oh, yes. space of love because people are getting irritated, tempers are getting shorter and shorter, you know, with all these uh, restrictions. But, oh, but yes. the best thing so I think... We refresh our, our connections to our loved ones in new and refreshing ways, especially during this time of covid Yes, or fall in love with a great book like yours, The Other This Side of Heaven. Uh, thank you so much for joining us, and I hope you have a thank wonderful you, day, Cyril. That's Cyril Wong there. Love his book, This Side of Heaven, two-time Singapore Literature Prize winner. And that is my book recommendation for you today in Read. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.